the views expressed in this program are those of the individual participants and not necessarily those of WVUD or the University of Delaware. WVUD and UD Information Technologies present Campus Voices, conversations with University of Delaware faculty, staff, and students about their teaching, research, service projects, and other interests. To introduce today's guest, here's your host, Richard Gordon, manager of the IT Communication Group at the University of Delaware. Thank you, Jason. And joining us live today in the studio, we've got um, Associate Professor uh, Mark Serva from Accounting and MIS, and one of his students, um, Marcin Sensek, who's actually an English major. Many of you know Professor Serva as one of the most intriguing teachers on campus. I know I've used some of the things he uh, does with monitoring group work to threaten my students with, even if I don't actually do them. And Marcin is a WVUD personality in his own right. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you. Good to see you, Richard. Thank you. And you guys are here to talk about the GET program. Mark, what is the GET program? Well, GET stands for Global Enterprise Technologies. Um, it was started about three or four years ago and uh, with the idea that uh, we need to make better connections between what we're learning in the classroom and what companies actually need uh, on the job. And so the GET program was founded as a way to create a, almost like a co-op program in a sense so that students get an opportunity to pair what they learn in the classroom with what they would actually do on the job. Um, it's been an extreme success for us, um, and actually last year we had uh, double the number of students that we had this year, or last year rather, so we're, we seem to be doing pretty well with it. Archon, you uh, just completed an internship, a GET internship with J.P. Morgan Chase? That, that's correct. I'm still part of the uh, program. I started the uh, officially through GET of uh, January of last year, so I've been there a little over a year. And... Um, Yes. Uh, after completing it, I have continued my internship there with them, where I'm currently working as well. Now, like me, though, you're an English major. What Correct. the heck are you doing with global <laughs> technology? Well, that's part of the reason I think this is such a great program. I actually started off in uh, computer science, and you know, I was doing well in my classes, um, but I wasn't really enjoying it that much. I wasn't really that interested in you know, programming or learning all this stuff at like such a specific point, so to speak. I wanted to have like a more broad overview. And I was really more interested in writing about technology rather than uh, maybe programming in itself. So I considered either going to like MIS or English and I decided, you know, why not switch to an English degree in professional writing and then have a computer science minor. But it didn't take long for me to realize that the GET program is actually, you know, pretty much exactly what I'm looking for. I switched the computer science uh, minor into the GET, and here I am. Mark is your colleague, is our student here. Uh, Martin, is he typical of the kinds of students you get in the GET program? Excuse me for saying GET and GET. <laughs> uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no, actually. Uh, you know, Martin, in terms of uh, definitely yes, is, is the quality of the work he was able to do. He, he won awards while working at, you know, at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and has done extremely well, and, and I think that is reflective of, of the students that are in the program. Um, 
I would say most of the students who go to GET are out of the business college, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Like Marchin, for example, uh, students can come from any college here at the University of Delaware. We get a number of students with the College of Engineering, for example, who want to couple their knowledge of computer science or electrical engineering or whatever, and what they want to do is couple it with a, an understanding of how businesses operate, which they feel would add a, another dimension to their resume. So, so I think he is in some ways, but I think also... Um, you know, we get an, a lot of students also from the business college, so uh, I think it's a good mix. I think it's one of the things that's interesting, as we were talking about this earlier this week, that this GET program has both a minor and an internship. That's correct. Um, with the minor program, some students can't fit. A GET internship is 12 credit hours, so you are, in effect, full-time while you're working here at the University of Delaware. Uh, you're full-time at the University of Delaware, but you're working on a job site full-time. You don't, you don't attend classes. One of the advantages is, of course, that you can still live in the dorm or the apartment or whatever that you currently are. Um, but some students can't swing that. I mean, it's, it's, it's 12 credit hours is a lot of time to be spending off campus. And so we also have a minor program where students can participate and take classes to achieve a gap minor. So we, we have some options for the students. But, Martin, you had to take some of the, the classes in the get minor before you were set to go and apply for the get internship. Um, actually, no, it's... Um it's something I did during the GET internship. So the way it worked okay. was I had all, just the prerequisites. Besides that, I applied for the um, internship. And once I got in, you actually take the classes uh, online. Um, you talk to your professors while talking to your mentors or uh, managers at whatever internship program you're doing. And you fulfill those 12 requirements actually while being at your residency. Okay. The so there's a mixture of interaction with a University of Delaware professor and people at the job site. Correct. And I think that's actually one of the things I like so much about this program is because you're not um, just thrown into this corporate environment. I know me personally, I was uh, at first a little afraid maybe of, you know, going to this big company like J.P. Morgan. I didn't quite know what to expect. And I mean, everyone there has been fantastic and, you know, helping me feel comfortable, um, helping progress, but at the same time, you also, especially in the beginning, have the professors to rely on. So anything that comes up, anything you need help with, um, you know, Professor Serva and several others are all there to help you along the way. Mark, that's one of the things that differentiates a GET internship from a co-op experience at, say, Drexel or Northeastern, isn't it? Exactly. Um, I actually went to my, my freshman year of college, uh, went through a co-op program. It was a, a short but, uh, but memorable occasion. And one of the things that, that Marchin touched on I think is very important is that in a co-op program, at least the way they used to be run, I'm, I'm not sure how they're done now, but, but the way they used to be run was in a sense you had this lockstep program where you start, you take classes at the university, then you go and work for six months, and then you come back to the university, and then you go you work for six months. Um, I'm sure there are benefits to that, but we wanted to couple the experience so that what you were learning in the classroom uh, could translate immediately to the work site. And while you're on the work site, you're in touch with a professor so that if you had questions, you could take actually the concepts, the academic concepts that you were learning and actually apply them while you were on the job. And I think that's a, a very, very important difference. What is it that the students are actually learning? What's the difference between a global enterprise technology minor and say, as Marchin said, he originally started off in computer science? Right. It, it, it's a great question because, you know, we tend to think of our academic disciplines that are very pure in terms of what, what you cover. In computer science, for example, which I was an undergraduate computer science major, tends to focus on programming, optimization, um, how actually the, an application functions and operates, much more technical. That's important, but the reality is, is that if you go into an organization and you say, 
I want to change something because it's not working very well. You're going to annoy somebody because whatever you're going to change, somebody is counting on and likes it and doesn't want to change. And so the dimension of technology innovation is much broader than what is typically learned in any one discipline. That's the main point here, that an MIS person would know better to go in and actually say, there are some organizational political aspects that we're going to have to actually address. There are some, there's an existing information architecture. In other words, they have servers and systems and everything that are currently in place. It's not about just writing an application from scratch. It's about how do I take this new application and this new improvement and integrate it within the organization. That's really hard to do. As a matter of fact, I think in a lot of ways, it's a lot harder to do than the technical stuff. So what a, a global enterprise technology student learns is the politics, the organizational change aspects, how to actually make connections, network, communicate, all of those things which I think are an added dimension, which is one reason why I think it works very well with, with the uh, College of Engineering students. So what you're saying is, in essence, that it's almost like students like Marchin who go through the internship or, or students who are in the minor are learning to take sort of a big-picture point of view. It sounds almost like they're being prepared to be system analysts, program analysts kinds of things as opposed to just throwing code at problems. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think it's important also to think about how, how would you actually replicate the political environment in a classroom? I don't think you can really do it. I mean, I don't think you can do justice as to how complex and how nuanced it is to try to get something updated within an organization to make the connections and all that. That only can really be done if you really want to talk about understanding and learning how that operates. That only can be done in a real organization. And I think that's why this has become such a rich experience for the students is that it's not mocked up. It's not faked. It's not simulated. It's real. I mean, they go through this and actually experience it with all of its nuances. And, and in many cases, they come across things that the professors had never thought about, which I think is also really cool. Martin, one of the things that you told us earlier this week when we visited with you and, and Professor Serva was that your boss told you you're going to get access to the CIO. Not even I get access to the CIO. Um, yeah, so that's actually one thing one of my uh, mentors uh, said um, that, you know, that how he stressed how great this program is in terms that, you know, I'm basically an intern. I've been in a company for just a couple months, and I have access to speak to the people that, you know, people who work at the company for years possibly could, you know, never actually spoke to or never had the opportunity or actually need to. And, I mean, these are actual, you know, executives that you can, you know, read about in financial magazines, for example. So it's, I think it's a pretty big deal. And once you know, myself and the other interns have been there for a while, we begin to, like, actually recognize these names. We saw, like, an article, and we're like, wow, we actually interacted with these people. And, I mean, I think that's an opportunity I, you know, I've never had before, and pretty much one of the main reasons why this program is so unique. Do a lot of the students have that kind of experience, Mark? Absolutely. Um, every year, for example, the, the, the J.P. Morgan Chase students, for example, um, do what's called a tech expo, and this happens at Park Avenue in New York City. And it's a pretty Im- Im- impressive, uh, intimidating, if you, can, if you will, uh, facility. I mean, you go there, and this is right downtown New York City, uh, but it is Manhattan. But it's an amazing opportunity because the students have, a, in a sense, a poster session where they put up the work and what they did, and you have the executives from J.P. Morgan come by, talk with them, ask them questions. I mean, they ask them questions right there. They're expected to answer those questions. It's pretty intimidating. But at the same time, again, you can't replicate that with a college professor in a college environment in a classroom. It's, it's real. It's, uh, 
it's it's something that uh, I think in terms of experience, it's amazingly rewarding. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's it's an experience that that only the students in the GET program get at least at this point. We're talking with Associate Professor Mark Serva from the Lerner College of Business and Economics, and one of the students who has recently completed the GET Global Enterprise Technology Internship, um, Marcin Sensek, who's actually going to graduate in May with a degree in English, even though he's going off to um, to work in technology at J.P. Morgan um, after he graduates. Mark, what other companies besides J.P. Morgan Chase are co- are collaborating with the university? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, and actually we've been very lucky because uh, the number of companies is growing. Uh, we started out with largely uh, just a few companies, uh, but now we can offer students quite a variety of options, both from a business analyst, fairly non-technical, more of a business improvement type of position, to all the way through electrical engineering and network security and hardcore uh, programming. So the organizations um, are the big one that has always been with us is J.P. Morgan Chase. They've been amazing supporters. Uh, we we also have uh, SafeNet, which is a network security company down in Aberdeen, Maryland, down near the Aberdeen Proving Ground. Another great location. Uh, and uh, of course, with the expansion now of Aberdeen and the the base closures, Aberdeen has been a huge benefactor of that in terms of two or three thousand new positions. So that's a great opportunity. Uh, we we added three out of the four in accounting. We call them the big four. Uh, they're they're uh, typically accounting slash consulting firms. So we have uh, of those we have Ernst and Young, uh, PwC, and KPMG, very well known names in, in uh, some of the top employers of our students out of the business college. And uh, we also have uh, Pepco Holdings, which is our local utility company. You may know them as Delmarva. Um, so they're also on board. Uh, some of the other companies, uh, GE actually participates as well, but since they're largely uh, located up in upstate New York, most of the students have uh, from UD have not taken those positions, but they're also available. I think that you're mentioning that. That makes a great segue to talk about the GET program. It's actually run primarily from the University of Delaware and Syracuse University, but there are two other universities involved in this. It's really a cooperative consortium of colleges working on this. Yeah, and that, that becomes really a nice added advantage. I mean, Syracuse and UD have been the, the traditional drivers of this program. We've been very lucky in that we've added Ohio State, Rutgers, and there's a small uh, Catholic university up in New York State, Le Moyne, uh, that also participates on occasion. So the advantage of that is maybe not quite obvious. Um, there are a couple of advantages. Number one, the college professors can actually rely on professors from other institutions to provide content and, and knowledge for the classes for UD students. That becomes really interesting because we're a consortium. So, for example, when uh, Margin went through, we had a professor, Carson Osterland, who was a professor at SU, who taught some of the classes in the GET program. And the advantage is, is that, you know, professors may not want to admit this, but we're not experts in everything. And so when it comes... <laughs> Richard looks shocked. <laughs> Oh, no, I never have a guest speaker in my classes. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and for that reason, it becomes a huge advantage. So, for example, we've added a professor now from Ohio State who's computer science. He can fill in a lot of the more technical gaps that the MIS professors probably wouldn't do as good of a job. So that becomes an advantage. But one of the other advantages is that Marchin and his team, for example, and I believe this is true, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, works with students from other universities, so it isn't just become the fact that they learn from other UD students and collaborating with other UD students. They actually collaborate with students from other universities. Was that the case with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Where, where, where were the students from on your team? 
Um, so I had a group of uh, four people. Um, one of them is actually from Rutgers, one from Syracuse, and one from Ohio, and then uh, me from UD, obviously. So we we had pretty much the entire mix except for Lemoyne. Yeah, and, and the the advantage there is that there are different schools of thought within each discipline, and so you're actually learning from students different perspectives, which I think really ramps up the the opportunity for learning as well. This program that you're on marching, or the the internship, it takes up eight months, but it, it counts as, what, summer and fall term? Correct. Um, so the way that works is um, you have your classes in the fall, and you, and I know uh, Professor Sturr is probably going to jump in because the program has changed a little bit since I took it, but um, I think the fundamental idea is the same, which is you take the internship, um, you work there full time while taking the online classes, and again, you interact with the professors from all different universities. Um, and then once that's finished, you present the project you're working on. The main, um, one of the main goals, I guess, is to look for some kind of change within the organization and present it to the leadership. Once that's finished, you actually just uh, kind of progress into a intern role where you work full time to finish it off uh, during the summer semester. And then, uh, you know, so historically, I guess a lot of students do get offers as well to continue as they finish up their uh, studies, if that's at all possible. Um, so again, that's that's is what happened with me, and historically, as as far as I know, that's you know something that has been happening. But it's switching now to a June through December. Yeah, the, the switch was made in partnership with our our uh, corporate um, partners. The reason was that the traditional internship program starts in June, and so uh, we were running counter to some of the um, the resources that were already companies already had available for internships. And by starting in January, it was kind of mucking up the works a little bit. So what we ended up doing was um, starting in the fall, well, actually starting in June, um, students will actually start their internships this fall in June. And this really is a huge advantage for us because the way the internship will work is, let me just kind of get an overview of the timeline so students can understand how to apply. If they're interested, they would apply in the fall. So let's say in, typically the deadline is in October. They'll know by the time Thanksgiving rolls around whether they have a position or not. Um, the position would then start in June, and they would run a traditional internship for about the next two and a half months. In August, all of the students from all of the universities converge on the University of Delaware for what's called a residency. So from all five colleges and universities come to UD for this residency. Exactly, exactly. And so um, students from Ohio State, Rutgers, uh, Syracuse, they all come to, to UD and then we have a, a typically a one week or so residency where we put the students through their paces and, and review some of the content that they probably have seen while they're working on the job site. And what we want them to do is also reflect back on what they saw that didn't work. Because we want to prepare them for the fall, because as Marchin said, their big deliverable, their big project, is improving a process in the organization. That's a huge thing to do, but at the same time, that's what we want them to accomplish. And so now that they've been there for two and a half months, they have the opportunity to think back and say, why in the world did they do it that way? And what's cool about this program is that we frequently get projects that are about onboarding students starting the process and going into an organization. It probably is not surprising that a top-level executive hasn't been onboarded in decades, right? They have no idea what happens. And so when these students go through the process, they say, why in the world did it take me two and a half weeks to get a laptop or whatever? So these types of things are completely blind to the executives. And so the students um, in August then can think back, what did they go through? And then they can start generating ideas. And then we send them back out in the field after that residency, and then they work until the middle of December. I'm curious, how has 
this internship um, or, or supervising the students in these internships, I think you told me there can be 21 of them um, the, the 2014-15 school year. How has uh, working with these interns affected your classroom teaching here on campus? Well, you know, that's interesting because I think one of the great things about staying connected with businesses is that you, you tried to minimize the ivory tower approach a little bit. Um, one of the things I, I now tell my students, for example, is, you know, when we were in school, professors or teachers, professors always hated the question of why do I have to know this, right? You know, is this going to be on the exam, that type of thing. And that's a very narrow-minded view of education. Um, I'm finding more and more that that question is not only is it should it be uh, tolerated, but it actually should be encouraged because I think we need to keep our feet anchored in what's going on in organizations. And if you look at the content and you can't actually answer that question, I think it's a warning sign that maybe what you're teaching isn't anchored in the real world. And, you know, I'm in the business college, so I have to keep anchored in the real world to some extent. Um, but so I think that's one thing that's definitely changed the way I approach, approach classes these days. Marchin, what what's your reaction to, to that, to what Professor Server was saying there? I mean, have you found that, that there's a lot of correlation back and forth between the yes. online courses and other classes you've done with uh, the GET program and, and then the actual GET internship? Uh, I would say yes and no. Um, so if when you say correlation, I think that my previous uh, courses at UD has defi- definitely prepared me very well for the role that I'm doing. But um, you know, certainly when I transitioned in, there were so many different things that um, you know I, I never really learned and never really even thought to learn, which is something you do learn on the job. Uh, one of, I guess, a good example is uh, technical communication. So I've taken several writing courses, technical writing. Whatnot. And, you know, J.P. Morgan has their own really style, I guess, corporate style of writing, how people communicate. And I'm sure that's the same for all the other companies. Um, at school, you're very much used to this academic writing, right? You want it to be, I mean, I guess it depends on the professor, too. In an organization, it really, you know, there's a culture of its own inside of each, each organization. You really have to adapt to that in order to succeed, in my opinion. And it's something that's not really taught that well um, in school, it's more just academics, academics, to, to a certain um, point, uh, definitely. And again, I think the professors do a really good job of sort of bridging the two worlds and figuring out what is the best way to adapt to this new advir- environment after spending, you know, um, two, three, or maybe even four years at a university. Got one of your colleagues as an intern over my day job in IT as a, the lead tech writer. And, you know, it's we've had to explain to him, no, no, you can't be using academic prose. You have to be adapting um, you know, what you write to this situation where we've got people in a panic and they're trying to use computers. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's especially true in, like, a large organization where it might not even be consistent for the entire thing. You know, there may be different lines of business that have their own little way of doing something. And, you know, if you interact with all these different groups, you got to really adjust to it. Whereas, again, at a university, there's really, in my opinion, one standard main set of writing that's university acceptable, so to speak. Yeah, and I think there's something else in there, too, that as professors, we kind of focus on the more academic and kind of forget about the more mundane stuff. But a common question we got from students in the GET program when they first started was, how do I set up a meeting with my boss? 
you know, online. I mean, you know, like, like through Outlook and those types of things. I mean, it seems like that would be fr- pretty, uh, it's something that we don't cover in any classes, but it's something that students have to face every single day and check their boss's calendar and make sure that when they schedule a meeting, they're not conflicting with other things. You know, those types of things, again, can only really be, ha- can happen in an organization. One of the things I think is really very interesting to me about the Get Minor in the Learner College, that's the Global Enterprise Technology, and the Get Internship is that it really does encourage collaboration between students and faculty in the different colleges within the university. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of our strongest partners in this program is the College of Engineering, and they've been incredible. I worked with Michael Vaughn and Chuck Shermeyer over there, and, and they've done a great job of connecting us with students in the College of Engineering, and I think it provides a nice synergistic relationship because uh, I think we can provide content that the College of Engineering doesn't teach, but at the same time, I think it's it, we get incredible students from the College of Engineering. So that's really created um, some partnerships. And I think, you know, the partnership between uh, academia and the corporate world, we've talked about some of the synergies, but one of the huge advantages for students is much more pragmatic, and that is they can make money. The cost of a college of education is is substantial. And a typical student in this program will make any, will gross anywhere from 800 to to $1,000 a week, and that's for the next six months. So that's a pretty substantial payoff. And so if a student participates in this program, um, they could basically cover the cost of at least one year college of edu- college education. They can cover is, the tuition for a year. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So there, there's that added benefit. Um, and, you know, I, I, the other, um, I think, advantage is that students who are in disciplines who are having trouble getting uh, jobs, for example, have come to me and said, uh, I had one student who was a, a, a major in and came to me and said, uh, outside the business college, and he said, I, you know, my parents said that they thought it was great that I was majoring in what I was majoring, but now they said, how are you going to get a job? And in about, within two years, uh, he had, he went through the GET program, did an internship, and is now working with one of the big four accounting firms, making very, very good money. So, so I think there, there's a lot of advantages here, both for uh, the academic world, but as well as for the, uh, for the corporate world. One of the things that us humanities majors, March, like Marchin and me, bring is that big picture perspective. Yep. And I think that sometimes gets lost um, with uh, just straight up technical degrees. I think it's really good that the students in computer science or electrical engineering are getting to work with students like you. That's, a, that's supposed to prompt you to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good response to that because, I mean, I agree 100% with everything that you just said. Um, I mean, look, looking at my group, for example, I was, you know, the English major, I guess, with some computer science background. I had a pure computer science uh, major in there as well and information systems uh, major, which I don't think is even a major at UD, so it's a whole other perspective. And then another individual who was actually in, uh, I guess, MIS and uh, finance. So putting all that together, we really kind of leverage our strengths, right? Where um, the computer science individual was doing all the, the most technical stuff. The information systems was kind of putting everything together. I was doing most of the writing where the finance person was really helping figure out the costs. So, um, and again, professors, again, leverage their help to kind of merge all of this together. So... I agree 100%. You've got to look at the big picture, and then the entire group really puts it together. And in my opinion, it worked very, very well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the students from arts and science and, and other colleges bring a different perspective. Uh, what's exciting about this program is that, to date, I've had students from history, uh, political science, music, marching, of course, is in English, uh, participate in this program. And they bring a much more creative, I think, in many cases, bent to the, to the problems that they have to face, because they have to solve a business problem. And 
Uh, and the advantage for them is that the placement rates right now uh, in the GET program are 85 to 90 percent, which means students who complete the program uh, go through the internship, 80 to 85 to 90 percent of them are getting jobs. And, and the only reason it's that low is that in many cases the students will actually get a job at another company. So the 85 to 90 percent represents the placement in the organization that they were working. So it's been very, very successful from that perspective as well. Thank you very much, Professor Mark Serva and students, soon to be alum, <laughs> Marcin Sensak, for coming into Campus Voices. And for more information about the GET program, you can go to the Campus Voices website, and we've got a link right there for it. That's www.udel.edu slash campusvoices. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you, Richard. Thanks for listening to Campus Voices, a collaboration between WVUD, the broadcast voice of the University of Delaware, and UD Information Technologies. The views expressed on this program are those of the individual guests and do not necessarily reflect the official views or policies of WVUD, UD Information Technologies, or the University of Delaware. For more information about Campus Voices and to find archive copies of this and other episodes, visit our website. Using all lowercase letters, go to www.udel.edu slash campusvoices. We invite you to tune in every Thursday morning at 8.30 for Campus Voices on 91.3 FM, WVUD, and WVUD HD1, Newark, or online at wvud.org.